morning uh, we're going to be uh, on to week four of our I Love My Church series. Um, and if you've missed any of those, um, feel free to, to jump online. Uh, they are all up on the website. Um, for those who have been looking for them, they had, there was a bit of a delay that um, fortunately was pointed out to us and we were able to get them up there this week. Um, but today, um, who knows what this is up the front here? A box? Treasure chest. Virtual chocolate for Tony, okay? So, um, um, but, but the thing is, so it's a treasure chest. And what do we put in treasure chests? Treasure. So it's something that we value. So, and the thing is, like, you may not have a treasure chest in your home um, filled with gold doubloons that the pirates have used. If you do, fantastic. Love to know more about it. Um, um, love to be your friend. But anyway, uh, but most of us have things that we treasure at home um, for different reasons. Some of the things that we treasure uh, may only be valuable to, our, to you. Um, anyone ever kept something of their kids that is valuable to you, but anyone else may be repulsed by it? Anyone ever kept any of their kids' teeth? Okay, when you, when you sort of, you kind of go, yeah, that's awesome. my kids' teeth. Like, but the thing is, you kind of go, like, Anyone else, do you want my kids' teeth? No, 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 like, um, don't want it. But it's valuable to you. You may have their favourite drawing from, from prep. You might have other things that they've done. You might have awards that they've won. They're valuable to you. But they're not, you're not going to be able to sort of put them on Facebook Marketplace and go, who would like some spare set of teeth? In fact, what may happen, the police may see that and visit you, saying, where are you getting these teeth that you're selling them? Um, anyway, but there are some things that we have that do hold significant value in our homes um, that we treasure. Like um, anyone here, maybe it happened to you when you are growing up or maybe you do it now, you have those special cups and plates and knives that only come over when special people are in your home or special events. So... So yeah, some, some people go the opposite. When people come over, we bring out the plastic plates and cups. But for some people, and this is sort of, again, sort of, you've got to think of what you're telling your family when you do this. Like, oh, when the special people come over, they get the special plates, which means you're saying to your family you're not that special um, all the time. But for some of us, like, uh, yeah, it might be plates, it might be that favourite tablecloth, it might be those things that we hold on to. But even for some people that we actually hold on to something that my, this is my grandmother's ring and I'm going to pass it on to my granddaughter. And, and the thing is, whether our, our, our grandkids want it or not, um, I, like I know um, both sets of my, uh, both grandmas for our family um, have got numerous stuffed animals. And the thing is, if that all gets passed down, it's sort of like, it's only, we've already got too many stuffed animals in our home, like, but like, it's sort of going to be like, it's not going to be valuable to us, but it's valuable to them. But sometimes they may have a very special piece of jewellery that may hold not only sentimental, but might actually hold great value. And, and the thing is though, it may be held in sort of like a little case inside their, their room for some future distant time. It's never going to be used up until that time. And even when you receive it, you may then go, that's really special, I'm going to put it away in my little box. And see, sometimes what we have, what is valuable to us, we actually put in a box and we keep safe and we, it's, it's, it's kept away from other people. And so today we're, we're talking about like, Giving, And so before we get really into that, I want to actually show a brief video. So most of us will, will recognise this video. Okay, well, this is a clip from Finding Nemo. I'm not going to act it out for you. Um, but, um, but in this, it's when uh, right at the end, towards the end of the movie, you have 
you have, um, uh, I think it's Marlon and Dory are looking for Nemo and basically um, they get um, picked up by this pelican. And, and the pelican's actually choking on the, these two fish and this other pelican comes down who actually knows Nemo. And so as he comes down, they're trying to convince the... He comes down and, and he's trying to t- convince them that, hey, I know Nemo, I'm going to take you to your son. And they're going, no, no, no. And all of a sudden all these seagulls show up. And what were the seagulls saying? Mine, 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 mine. And all of a sudden the pelican says, jump in my mouth to the fish. And the fish are going, I'm not sure that's going to be the best thing to do. And as the seagulls attack the two fish, the pelican swoops in, saves them and flies off and a sort of a, a, a sort of swerves and everything and finally gets through the, the a sort of sails of this yacht and the, all the seagulls fly into this, um, um, the sails and their beaks are sticking out and at the end they're going, mine, mine, mine. The thing is, and you see it with, like, I suppose, when you've got a chip down at the beach, those seagulls go, I know you bought it, I know you're eating it, but it's mine. The problem is, when it comes to stuff that we have, we can be very aggressive with that same attitude. Oh, we see it in kids. We see it in, that's my toy, that's mine. Oh, you're not sharing that. But it may be less obvious, but it's very much there. Because we actually look at our stuff and go, well, that's my stuff. And, and I don't, this is mine, I've, I've worked for it, I've earned it, I've, I've bought it, I've, I've, I've bargained for it, I've kept it, I've fixed it, all the different things we can say, I've done this, but it's saying it's mine. But the problem is, in doing that, we actually become very much like these um, penguins. And when we start holding tightly onto all the things that we have, whether it's our, our bank accounts, our time, our experience our resources, we end up sounding like these, uh, these um, seagulls. And today I want to take an honest look at how we can love in giving. And before you think this is all about money, I'm going to say it's actually way more than money. Okay? So if you thought, oh, he's going to be asking about money, I'm actually asking for more than that. Or God is asking us to do more than that. Okay, so we're going to sort of take that little bit of journey. Um, and to begin giving in love, what we need to do first is to release our grip. This means we, we need to change from the mine, mine, mine attitude. Um, and there are a number of things that are to address here because for, 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 and some of this may be, you may have a problem in all these areas, you may have a problem in one of these areas. But there's a few things I think if we understand, gives us a better, I suppose, attitude and perspective about this. First of all, everything that we have, we have from God. Oh, but I've worked for it. Who gave you the abilities to work? Who gave you the health that you are able to work? Who actually blessed you with that job? If you keep saying mine, mine, mine here, eventually you'll get to a point, the questions will get to a point, well, God has enabled this to happen for me. And so everything I have is because of God. Um... And this is not simply um, to, I suppose, overcome that excuse of, of, of saying things are mine, but it's, it's basically to show the truth to us that the things that we have are not ours. And so when we get stuck on that attitude, we, we need to reflect saying, God, thank you for what you've given me. Secondly, what we need to have a look at is that what we have doesn't define us. God does. 
And I think it becomes a really big problem in life is that what we have, what we do, what we um, uh, use for our leisure time, all these things, we use them to define ourselves. If I just drive this car, if I just have this kind of house, if I have this kind of TV, if I just do this with my spare time, if I'm able to do this, this will define who I am. And that is rubbish. Because the thing is, in reality, all the things that you have in a hundred years' time will probably be destroyed. And so if you're using them to define who you are, then, like, well, you'll be gone too. But the thing is, there'll be nothing left to really define who you were. Like, basically, on your tombstone will be written, this is Bob, who had a whole lot of stuff that's now gone too. That'll be your definition of who, where you get your value from. And so we need to understand that if, if that's a struggle for you, when, it, when you're saying my, my, mine, is that I need more stuff to actually feel more important, well, that stuff shouldn't be defining you. God should be. And thirdly, God will always look after our need. He will always provide. Now, this is probably the, the toughest one for us because, well, not... Maybe not so much, but because we always use this as, as a fallback excuse. I can only give what I can give. And, and again, I don't think God often sort of puts us in a point where we are trusting him with the next meal for our life. He doesn't ask us to do that very often, but he does ask us to do that. There are times that God says, okay, you know what? The family that is down the street from you or the, or the people that are in your church or, or this person that's in your workplace... They really need this. But they might need that, that last $200 in your own bank account because they're just in a great need. And God says, you know what? Don't worry. If you give that money, I will provide. And so it's God-led. It's not, don't go out and sort of go, if I give all my money, then that's what God wants me to do. If God doesn't ask you to do that, he'll sort of, you'll be turning around and saying, God, but where's, 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 where's my next meal coming from? I said, well, didn't ask to give away your last 10. Like, I don't know where you're getting that from. But sometimes we need to be in a place where we are willing to follow God's lead on something, even if it puts us to a point where we are close to being in need ourselves. Because we know that God will provide. Now, who, who believes that everything they have is God's? Okay, we're a bit better on the hands today. It's pretty good. So, um, so, so we, we truly believe that everything we have is God. So if God asked you to sell your house and give money to the poor, who would be as quick to put up their hand? So, oh, no, no I wouldn't be. Um, I, it wouldn't be a quick, I suppose, response for me. But again, if we are understanding truly that everything we have is God's, that God can... We can give a house and sort of um, uh, give the money from a house or something, and God will provide, then that will meet that need. Um, who believes their things don't define them, but God does? Okay, so we, we're sort of, and then basically, who, who knows that God will provide for them no matter what? Okay, so those, those are really necessary to understand this point where we actually release our grip. Because if we want to be generous givers, if we want to give out of our love um, for those around us and our love in response to what God has done for us, we need to release our grip. And so things like um, our, our credit cards, our, our, um, our wallets, our, our time and all those things, we need to actually go, do you know what? This is something that God wants to use in this way. Uh, in Acts 4.32 it says, not one of them claimed that anything, um, that anything belonging to him was his own. Now, 
please don't go home today and crash someone else's place and just sort of make use of their own stuff because you said, well, the pastor said everything at your place is mine. So, um, yeah, so, you, so if you want to send your kids somewhere else, mine are available to send around to your place at any time. Um, but see, what the thing is, God invests with us and hopes to see a good return on his investment. And his measurement for that good return is how we love others with what we have. And again, what we have is not simply your wallet. That's why I want to talk about more than money today. It is your time. Some of us have time to give to people. Some people don't need money, they need our time. Some people don't need our time or our money, they need our experience. We have people in our church who know how to fix cars. We know people in our church who know how to do a range of other things as well. So all of a sudden, what you can give to them is not money or time, but is, is your special gifts that you can bring to something. And so we need to understand, we need to release our grip on things because what we have, we have from God. And if God wants us to use it, he needs, uh, we need to let it go. Secondly, we need to tighten our belts. Um, again, we, we, are not, we know how to loosen our belts. We have a big Christmas Day lunch and, okay, I'm going to wear the, the, the baggy pants for lunch today so I can fit more in. I don't want to have to be restricted. But tightening our belts, it actually again means some kind of restriction. Um, and so it, it actually means making room in our budgets, making room in our, our, our diaries to help people. And that's exactly what the first church was doing in verses 34 and 35. For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet. Basically they said, oh well, if there is a need in our church, what, what happens if we're not ready when that need arises? And so they actually did pre-preparation. So they went, well how can we save some money? The, the first century church wasn't keeping a treasure chest. They were not storing up for a rainy day. They weren't even hanging on to their personal property. They were liquidating. And they were, they were getting rid of it all so they could demonstrate their love for their church. Now, again, I'm not saying go home and sell your house and, and move it, because again, COVID-19 wouldn't allow this. I'm not asking you to move all into the hall here and, and set up sort of, um, because we, we spacing wouldn't allow it. Wouldn't allow it, so we're not going to be doing that. But the thing is, for us to be generous, sometimes we need to plan so that we are able to be generous. And, and the thing is, the question we need to ask is, what can I sacrifice in my life so I can meet the needs that are presented around me? See, if we don't take that first step, when needs arise, we are left saying this, I wish I could help, but... And if we want to give our time, what do we need to do? We've got to free up some time. We've got to be less busy. And some of us are so busy that if someone asked us to spend some time with them, we'd go, oh, I'm sorry, I wish I could, but if we needed to give some money to somewhere where God directed us to, and we might say, well, God, I wish I could, but um, I've been spending on this and this and this and this and this and those 17 coffees yesterday, I should have dropped it back to 15, maybe I'd have an extra 10. But the thing is, Sometimes we've got to go, well, God, you know what? I'm actually going to sort of sacrifice now so when a need arises, I'm going to be ready to do that. I'm going to drop this from my life or I'm going to be willing to give this much of my time or I'm going to sort of stop buying those for a time just so I've got something there when a need arises. And the thing is, 
if we shift our perspective in this way, if we prepare ourselves to give, it opens us up to seeing the needs around us as well. We might see a family struggling each week to put food on the table. We might see someone needing a lift. That's a need for some people. They Again, like some of us, we go, well, I've got a car. Some, some of us have got two cars. Some of us go like, well, everything's fine. I don't, I don't see that need. But some people just need a lift. They might need to make it to a doctor's appointment or to a chemist or a lift to a, lift to a train station to drive somewhere else. They might even need a lift to another town. That's a need that some people have. Some people are needing one-on-one time. Some people have a broken mower or no mower and they need someone to either step in and fix it or someone to bring their own and push it in the backyard. That is a need that some people have. It might be a car repair. It might be a cooked meal. There are so many different ways that we can meet needs around us and we should communicate love for our church through this way by by finding ways that people aren't neglected. And the thing is, here's the hard statement. The only way we can do that is if we know what those needs are. Now, I'm not wanting people to sort of go, oh, here's my shopping list of needs. Okay? Because some of the stuff we, we might say as needs are, might be things we do ourselves. Okay? If your kitchen is messy, okay, um, I, I would say I'll send my kids around, but they don't know how to clean up ours. But, but it might be something you can do yourself. But the thing is that the second week we are talking about I Love My Church is that sometimes we need to lay down our fences so that people can be aware of what's going on in our lives. And in that relationship, in that community, we become more aware of the needs that are there. Because I know there are some people that might have a need in their life and they are not letting their fence down. They don't want to know, let people know about it. They don't want to let people know about the struggle that they're facing. They're going to deal with it themselves. That's not good. That's not good at all. But you might have other people that are going, okay, everything I need help with, I'm going to put my fences down for anyone. Anyone can come in and, and help me do anything. Well, maybe that's the extreme, too extreme the other way. But as we grow in community and we actually have that, that intimate and honest relationship with people around us, we actually become more aware of, of, of need. And all of a sudden we know what we can do. And when we are, uh, we're finally able to peer past the fence, we, we need to be ready to act. And so we need to tighten our belt so that we are ready to act when the need uh, happens. And once we've loosened our grips and tightened our belts, we have the opportunity to give it all away. Once the first church ditched its mind-mind mentality, no one was ever in need. Needs were always met. We see that in the early church. And there would have been people that were impoverished. And because the Christian message was for rich people, it was for middle um, income, and it was for poor people, there would have been a range of those people in the church. And so people went, you know what? We can meet the needs of those who are part of our community. We can do that. And, and so fervently um, met that, that this passage in Acts said um, that with, with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them. Basically what that verse was saying is that as the community, the wider community, saw how the church was looking after its own, all of a sudden it provided a testimony of the resurrected Jesus. Because people didn't work that way. In fact, the the Christian church, as it grew, they became quite well known for helping people in need. The first hospitals, when plagues came through the ancient world, it was Christians that put themselves at risk 
to care for those. Where the government policy, not like today, where we're trying to protect vulnerable people, they basically left them out in the cold. Like you, you're sick? Well, you leave the village. You look after yourself. We don't want you here. You're exiled. Where the church stepped in and said, we'll, we'll take you. We'll take you. We'll look after you. Okay, you look like you're going to be dying, but we'll care for you up until that point in time. And so all of a sudden the church became so well known in how they cared for people. And this becomes an opportunity for us to actually be a, a church that looks after its family, but also then extends into the, 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 the people around us. People knew the truth of Jesus because the apostles and the first century church were busy giving of themselves to one another. And it says back in John, it says that um, they will know you by, um, you'll, you'll be defined by your love. That's how what, what John, the God, John's Gospel says. You'll be defined by how you love. And this was actually a really practical way that the church loved those around them, met their needs, and so the community actually saw God's love at work. God's love at work. Um, now we may have represented in this room right now um, this second that, that none of us know about needs in people's lives. We, we may not be aware about how people are struggling with different things. Um, maybe you recognise that you have a need in your life just by something I said earlier. Now, we must be a, a loving, loving our church and these people who are in our church, enough. we need to be loving them enough so that they see that, hey, we care about you, we care about what you're going through right now. And like the first church, we must be willing to sacrifice to meet these needs. Again, if we, we, we're going to be talking about being a family, we must be willing to sacrifice for one another. And we're willing to sacrifice for a whole lot of things at times, aren't we? We might be willing to sacrifice to get ahead at work or willing to sacrifice to get that new whatever it is. And again, we, it might be something that's right in front of us, but we're going, do you know what? I'm not, going to, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to sacrifice so that I can show love for those people around me. So today I want to do something a little bit different, a little bit, I don't know if it's quite crazy, but you might think it's this. Out of the front here, we've got this treasure chest. And I want to, I want to give you two, two things that you do. Greg's going to pass around some paper now. And on that paper, you can write one of two things, or both of them, um, what I want you to do, and I've only got a few pens, if you've got your own pens, I'd better grab one of these. Um, if you've got your own pens, um, please use them, um, but um, Greg will give you, a, otherwise you might have to share some pens around the place. And if you're sharing a pen, you're giving already, so it's great. So, um, But what I want you to do, I want you to take a moment to pray. To pray about ways that you might be able to sacrifice something so that you can give to those in our church. Now, you may not even know how you can give right now. Um, and so you, you, this is something that's going to, God's going to lead you in. It might be uh, a gift card to help someone in need. It might be taking someone for coffee. It might be volunteering a day to be, a, um, to be open to be a taxi for someone. It might be to babysit, cook a meal, repair a car, clean up a garden, paint a house or part of it. Invite people into your home. If you've got people that are feeling isolated, invite them into your home and you will be giving to them. And this list can go on. I'm not, this is not a, a defined list. Um, but I want you to write down what God is leading you to do. Now, before you try and get into an argument with God, you might go, but God, the thing that you're bringing to mind, how can we use that in our church? Okay, you don't know. You don't know how that may be able to be used. 
So I don't, I don't care. If, if you sort of get something coming to your mind right now, write it down on a piece of paper. And, um, and again, it may not happen for the next month, it might not happen for the next year, but there might come a time where someone is in need of, of that specific thing that you've asked for. But on the flip side of this, if there is a need in your life at the moment, a need in your life, something that um, maybe people aren't aware of, maybe something that people are aware of, I want you to write that down as well. Because what are we going to do? I'm going I'm, I'm to be looking at these and I'm going to be trying to match people to each other so that they can see those needs met. Um, and, and again, as a church, so again, this is not going to go to everyone. If you're worried about where it's going to go, this will be coming to me and I'll probably talk to the, the people that have written down their needs. I'll have a bit of a chat with you during the week about how we can see that happening and maybe someone who can help you with that. But this is a way we as a church can let our fences down and become more aware of, of some of the things that we can do to help and, and, and give to each other. Um, and so when you finish writing on your piece of paper, I want you to come up and put it in this box. right now. Lord, we, we thank you for your generous nature to us. Right back to the point of creation. You have given us this world um, and given us the responsibility to be stewards of it. But Lord, we are we are so blessed um, with the, what we have around us. But we do face times where we are struggling to have needs met and, and Lord um, you want to use the church to be your hands. Uh, to be your arms, uh, to, to be your heart at times, to express that to the world around us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would remember the love, the generous love that you have poured into our lives and be motivated by that to, to love those around us by giving as well, by giving of ourselves. Um, maybe that will be our, our, our finances. Maybe that will be our time. That will be using our gifts and, and resources. But Lord, I pray that we would understand that we can love our church and in so doing draw people to, to, to you through our giving. And so Lord, I pray that again that you would show us practical ways of doing this and may we um, just be moved in, in ways to, to express our love um, for those around us. We pray this. In your name. Amen.